Indigenous Rights Radio, because knowledge is power. Education should be accessible to everyone, regardless of the gender, race, or any other factor. Quality education should be a top priority for all governments. Each student deserves an education that is tailored to meet their individual needs. Without inclusive and equitable quality education, as well as lifelong opportunities for all, countries will not be able to achieve gender equality or break the cycle of poverty that leaves millions behind. The following is taken from the website of the United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs. Too often, education systems do not respect indigenous people's diverse cultures. There are too few teachers who speak their languages and the schools often lack basic materials. Educational materials that provide accurate and fair information on indigenous peoples and their ways of life are particularly rare, despite the numerous international instruments that proclaim universal rights to education. Indigenous peoples do not fully enjoy these rights and an education gap between indigenous peoples and the rest of the population remains critical worldwide. Indigenous children are more likely to arrive at school hungry, ill and tired. They are often bullied and the use of corporal punishment is still widespread. Ethnic and cultural discrimination in schools are major obstacles to equal access to education, causing poor performance and higher dropout rates. Indigenous girls in particular experience difficult problems related to unfriendly school environments, gender discrimination, school-based violence and sometimes sexual abuse, all of which would contribute to high dropout rates. When indigenous school children are introduced only to the national discourse at the expense of their native discourse, they are in danger of losing part of their identity, their connection with their parents and predecessors, and ultimately of being caught in a no-man's land whereby they lose an important aspect of their identity while not fully becoming a part of the dominant national society. When a child's birth goes unregistered, that child is less likely to enjoy his or her rights and to benefit from the protection accorded by the state in which he or she was born. Furthermore, the unregistered child may go unnoticed when his or her rights are violated. Later in life, he or she will be unable to vote or stand for election. Later in life, he or she will be unable to vote or stand for election. These children are also at risk of falling victim to child trafficking and are often easy prey for those who exploit their vulnerability, recruiting them as street beggars, domestic servants in slave-like arrangements or as child soldiers. Indigenous students frequently find that the education they are offered by the state promotes individualism and competitive atmosphere rather than communal ways of life and cooperation. They are not taught relevant survival and work skills suitable for indigenous economies and they often return to their communities with a formal education that is irrelevant or unsuitable for their needs. They are forced to seek employment in the national economy leading to a vicious cycle of social fragmentation, brain drain and a lack of development, especially because the jobs and salaries available to them often will not match their educational achievements. Even in countries where the general level of schooling among indigenous peoples has increased, for instance in several Latin American countries and Canada, the quality gap in the schooling persists resulting in poor education outcomes for the indigenous peoples. The conditions of extreme poverty, exclusion and isolation do not bode well for the sustainable and multicultural indigenous education programs. So what are the challenges of indigenous peoples in Kenya when it comes to education? Damaris Lenantare tells us more. My name is Damaris Lenantare, born to Rendile tribe in the northeastern part of Kenya. As a Rendile child, I'm here to highlight some of the challenges that we face through our education life. And these are some of them. 
The first one is climate change. Drought, which is one factor of climate change that is mostly faced in the northern areas of Kenya, where Rendile people hail, is one main challenge that hinders education system among Rendile children because of scarcity of food, which leads to malnutrition. The second one is early marriages, due to gender inequality, which is the main challenge among Rendile people. Young girls are forced to drop out of school and get married. Their ambitions and dreams of completing school and acquire good life just end suddenly. Third is the gender-based violence. Female genital mutilation is one of the most challenging young girls are facing among the community, which may interrupt the education because of the consequences faced after the procedure, which may lead to serious health complications and other times death, thus dropping out of schools. The fourth one is nomadic life. Being one of the indigenous groups of people, Rendile people are pastoralists and they tend to move around in search of pasture for their animals and by this they go far and also they keep changing their location. This affects the life of a school child because of the areas which are far and others may not have schools around them. Thus, this leaves most of the children looking after the animals and out of school. Fifth, among more others, is lack of reading materials. In these areas, there are shortage of classrooms, some of reading materials such as books, pencils, pens, among others, which may hinder smooth learning process and eventually leading to poor students' population at the schools. These are just but a few of many challenges that we as Rendile children, representing other nomadic groups in Kenya, face in order to accomplish our education, which some of us might not be able to face. We also heard from Chinia Nechebe from Nigeria, who told us about the challenges of her people when it comes to education. Hello, my name is Chinia Nechebe from the southeastern region of Nigeria, Africa. The main issue with education of indigenous children in our region is mainly distance and also lack of teachers in these schools. First of all, in a town, we have various communities, and so these communities always have schools. So in a community, you have one school, and that school is usually very far from where people actually live. And so you see a student wake up in the morning, and he or she goes to school by foot, because of course, their parents don't have such time to pay for a a car or a bicycle or a bike that will move them to school because of course they will say that they are late they are going to work so these children have to go to school by themselves so by the time they get to school they are drained they are tired and they have no choice but to learn in that situation and also like I said no teachers teachers are not in these schools in a school in that community you can have just two teachers in a primary school for example we can just have two teachers and one head teacher and in this school we have primary one primary two primary three primary four primary five to six so these two teachers are expected to teach these students of about 100 how is that possible? So that's a real challenge. And also, I feel like the solution is to build more schools. We need more schools in the southeastern region of Nigeria, more schools everywhere. So in a community, we should have like five schools, five schools with teachers 
the teachers should be each class has a teacher each subject should have a teacher that is the normal way it should be so with these we build more schools equip these schools and also employ more teachers of course there are various people who studied um, who trained as a teacher in school in universities but the thing is government don't want to employ these teachers so in these communities some schools some head teachers plead with the parents to bring some money so that they will employ more teachers so the, the head teachers employ teachers by themselves and the parents are the ones that pay and so these teachers are just paid they call them pta teachers parents teachers association so they call them pta teachers and so they are paid peanuts and these people maybe they just love teaching and they just like okay let me just do the job instead of staying at home and so that's how you see when you go to a school you see actual teachers are two in some cases if the parents agree you see like three added teachers where the um, the parents are the one actually paying the teachers fees because in our region in some parts of nigeria there there is a there's free education so you don't have to pay school fees but in my region they have to pay school fees but a little the the, the fee is actually subsidized for them so the parents pay up like um as low as five thousand naira per term uh-huh. so because a lot of parents are like not happy with the fact that there are no teachers in the school they have no choice but to bring out a little more give to the head teacher to employ more teachers to at least help out with the job and so it's a big challenge and we are pleading that more schools are being built so that the distance will no longer be a barrier you're not going to see a student that will say he or she doesn't want to go to school anymore because he or she is tired every morning you walk from a far distance and you get to school and you're exhausted and you're expected to learn in that state it's not healthy and also we need teachers we need teachers more teachers should be employed we have a lot of them roaming everywhere no job so we need more teachers thank you and lastly matthias toko from tanzania weighed in on the conversation and told us about the struggles of the indigenous Maasai peoples of Tanzania. My name is Matthias Toko, a journalist from Maasai indigenous community in northern Tanzania. Our country education system centralized under seven, four, two, three standardized system applicable to both private and public schools. Seven years of primary education where language of instruction is Swahili for public schools and four years of ordinary level secondary education and two years of advanced level secondary education and three to five years of university education. Therefore, we have two formal language of instruction, Kiswahili at primary level and English at secondary to university education. Private school use English as a language of instruction at all level of education. Tanzania education is compulsory and free at primary and secondary education for public school according to 2016 education policy, which significantly increased the number of enrollment. The Maasa indigenous children face a lot of challenges with the Tanzania education system. Many indigenous Maasai families are not able to send their children to private school where they can access the best and quality education. Although 
public school like primary and secondary are fee-free, but it lacks many facilities, especially in rural areas where is the home of mass indigenous. Language is also a source of mass indigenous children dropout because while language is used as a language of instruction at primary school. At secondary to university they use English, so this makes it difficult for indigenous children to adapt changes from mother language to formal education system. And sometimes long walking distance to school can be a source of dropout for the mass indigenous children. We call upon international organizations, indigenous community organizations, to support the mass indigenous children to access quality education through funded programs and supported language research projects. Also, we call upon the Tanzania government to recognize indigenous knowledge and language in policy making to allow them to transmit their views and opinion through different media outlets like radio and television. For more on the rights of indigenous peoples, visit cs.org and follow Cultural Survival on Facebook and Twitter.